The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about childhood friends and the treasures we left behind. When I say childhood friends, I'm sure that you um, each get a picture in your head of who some of your best friends were during childhood. I know I do. It's um, with a lot of nostalgia that we think about them and we uh, wonder what they're doing now and we feel sort of bad that we've let these friendship lapse. And uh, today we're going to be hearing a, a story about a group of uh, men who didn't let their friendship lapse. Um, they stayed friends throughout the years since 1970. And uh, that was a time, or, or actually not just then, but for all of us, whenever we uh, first formed our friendships in elementary school and, and um, in childhood before it became uh, out of necessity or out of convenience, before we were looking to socially climb or form business partnerships, and we just liked our friends um, for who they were. And um, it was a very simple time and, and um, much more innocent time when, when we were first forming our friendships. Well, today's guest, Wynn uh, Win Sherman, who, whose friends all call him Biff, um, that seems like a, a name from a play, actually, not a real name, but we'll try to do that. Wynn Sherman is the author of Miles of Heart, a new book, and his story of uh, enduring friendships among men who march to different drums but who have been sharing their triumphs and tragedies since they formed this friendship in 1970 and the origins of which was um, the, their hearts tournament. Um, and we'll, I'll let uh, I'll let Biff explain more more of that to you. the The whole name of the book is actually Miles of Heart: The Story of the Dan D'Angelo Invitational Hearts Tournament. And um, before I I let you begin, um, I just want to want to set the context. I always actually had this fantasy that if I had enough time, um, I would love to go back. To my elementary school, go back to my junior high school, even high school, and um, uh, try to see whether the people who I was most friendly with or who were in my class actually starting from elementary school through junior high school through high school, um, if, if what happened to them in their lives was something that I could have predicted by, um, you know, as a psychiatrist, I mean, looking back at it now, um, as what would have happened to them. And um, I'd like you um, to, 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 as you're telling us about your story, I'd like you to try to weave that in, I mean, to try to look, look at 
your friends now um, where they are from and where they were since 1970 and whether you could have predicted the tragedies or the triumphs of their lives. So, um, Biff, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Carroll. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, the story actually uh, begins uh, prior to 1970. 1970 is when our annual tournament began, but these friendships uh, really began uh, in the late 50s and, and, uh, and throughout the 60s, and that was when this group of us uh, were living, uh, growing up. We, uh, most of us are now in our mid to late 50s. We were growing up in uh, Woodland Hills, California, a uh, suburban area outside of Los Angeles, and became very close neighborhood friends during uh, uh, during those years. When kids that, played outside in the street. We were playing uh, street baseball games and street football games. Uh, we'd play Monopoly and uh, Risk. We And this was all when we were in elementary school and when we were in junior high school. And we would do that, uh, as I say, throughout. Uh, many of the, the long summer dog days were spent just hanging out with each other and having our, our street games and card games and, and what have you. And then uh, the, we started playing a lot of the card game Hearts uh, as we were... Uh, as, as the 60s were coming to a close, and the uh, gentleman, Dan D'Angelo, uh, not his real name, but he uh, decided let's have a tournament to see who was the, the best hearts player on the street. Mm. And the first tournament was held in 1970. Our ages at that time ranged from, oh, I think 14 to 18, 14 to 19. We all enjoyed it so much. It was a one-night affair at his house in Woodland Hills that we decided we were going to do it every year. And as a matter of fact, this Saturday will be our 39th annual Hearts Tournament. Wow. That's interesting. That um, what, what was in your mind um, back then when you decided to do it every year? I think what was in our minds is that, uh, well, it's a nice idea, but uh, is it going to last? We were, uh, families were moving off the street, moving out of the area. Um, We were starting to go to college. There were eight of us at the time. Uh, And, uh, oh, let's see, there was uh, colleges ranging from the University of Colorado to Arizona, all all throughout the the country, uh, back east, east coast. And... There wasn't much thought as to, to whether this thing would continue. It was a lot of fun. We said we'll do it again next year. Uh, Dan, who we called the chairman, did the planning and the organization, and we did see after about the third or fourth year that this was something that uh, that was going to last, that we would commit to, and that we did think would go on. Uh, we had no idea it would still be going on 38 years later, but uh, it was something that we enjoyed so much reconnecting and staying connected that uh, it just evolved into a, uh, an, an annual weekend event. And um, what was, what, what, I mean, looking back now at that group, I mean, how many people are there in the group now? There are 12 in the group. It started out as eight, and then after about uh, seven years, we increased and added four additional uh, neighborhood friends, uh, and it's been uh, 12 uh, since 1977. So there are 12 of us. So um, what, going with the premise that I started with, you know, trying, I mean, for example, the, the stereotypes, you know, the, um, 
the football uh, hero or the, you know, baseball hero or the uh, prom queen or, you know, some of the stereotypes that there are in in elementary school through high school um, where you kind of think that people's lives are going, or, or the intellectual or the pothead. Or the- it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting how that did turn out looking back on, on four decades uh, and the way we were back then and the way we are now. Uh, I think uh, a lot of a lot of it could could have been predicted, or with many of many of the guys. One of the the players uh, uh, in the book, his name is Jack Molar. Uh, grew up on the same street, and uh, he was always a very bright, intelligent, uh, 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 very witty and clever. Um, he ended up uh, going to Stanford, uh, becoming a lawyer and a very successful attorney, and is now sits on uh, the planning commission in, in Calabasas. I think that could have been predicted way back then. We thought he was going to be in the Congress or Senate. Well, he made it to the planning commission. Maybe he'll make a run for for mayor. But I think that was that was pretty predictable. Huh. Um, one one of the friends uh, was uh, the, a star athlete uh, and had a, a very successful minor league professional baseball career, and then uh, ended up become very successful in, in real estate uh, uh, development. Um, uh, there are some that weren't so predictable. Uh, one of our one of our players uh, is a, uh, a very successful dentist, and I don't think anybody would have predicted 35 years ago that he would have been a dentist. Right. We weren't sure what we would have predicted for him, but it certainly wouldn't be <laughs> a successful dentist. Well, like what? I mean, what? Well, um, we would have thought uh, probably something more along the lines of, um, oh, at that time. Uh, uh, Oh, I'm trying to say this delicately uh, <laughs> so as, as not to to offend him because he's a, a very dear friend and he's he's done very well. But I don't think that anybody would have pictured him to uh, uh, complete college, let alone dental school, and oh. probably would have imagined him, you know, maybe uh, oh, being a surf bum somewhere, uh huh, um, or uh, or something something of that nature. Uh, so it, it has, uh, it, but most of the other guys, it, it, it kind of has. They have turned out in many respects the way that that we thought they would. Uh, uh, one tragic story is uh, one of the the players in the tournament uh, had some some problems. He lost his father at a, at a young age and, and was having some difficulties back then adjusting as a 17, 18 year old to to uh, the loss of his father and and those problems kind of followed him into adulthood and uh, where he had some gambling uh, problems and some substance abuse problems um, and uh, and it, it kind of turned out unfortunately the way that that we may have predicted for him back then which was what well uh, he uh, lost several several jobs went through several divorces unfortunately he, he passed away a year ago uh, the only uh, he dropped out of the tournament about 15, 20 years ago and lost touch with most of us and we were recently reconnecting with him in the last year or so and uh, and then heard that he had uh, died of a heart attack which is uh, at the age of 57 his father died of a heart attack at the age of uh, 42 hmm. so um, we kind of saw that the, his the problems he was having losing his father uh, at such a young age and getting into drinking and abusing substances back then uh, 
did indeed follow him through adulthood. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's rather heartwarming that you managed to reconnect before he died. We did. Uh, he had been out of the tournament for years and years, but uh, we, most uh, a couple of us, ran into him about two years ago and invited him back to the tournament. And mm-hmm. he uh, he declined, but he was appreciative that we uh, invited him back, and, and we got together and played around the golf and reconnected and revisited and. Uh, um, he was turning his life around and was doing better, but unfortunately, uh, the, the, the genetics weren't there as far as him uh, 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 dying of a heart attack at a young age. Mm-hmm. The past caught up with him. Yes. I'm sure the, uh, the substance abuse and so on did not help um, on top of his heredit- heredity, yep. hereditary genes, hereditary uh, uh, predispositions. Absolutely. Uh, so it, it, we, we did see most of the, 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 the young men, the teenagers at the time, turning into adults that uh, we, we, may, we may have been able to predict back then. Uh, my brothers and I were, our father had a, uh, a family, a small family business, and years later, my brothers and I, all of whom are in the tournament, there are three of us, we uh, got into our own business together and, and ran a family business ourselves for 22 years. And I think that probably could have been predicted back then, given what our family background was. And what kind of business was that? It was an educational uh, multimedia mm-hmm. program, uh, a business that produced and distributed uh, curriculum-oriented films and videos and CDs to, to schools and hospitals and libraries um, throughout the country. We sold the business uh, four years ago to uh, uh, Discovery Communications. Yes, well, obviously you must have done a good job to have sold it well. to them. Uh, well, you know, um, one of the things I'd like to talk about is uh, is comparing. You know, it's hard to imagine today um, another group of 14 to 19-year-olds sitting down and, and playing. Well, it's hard to imagine them sitting down and playing hearts <laughs> for the first time, but, but then also hard to imagine them having this, uh, making the commitment to, to make an annual um, meeting place. And maybe we can talk about how important that is and what, what that says. Yes. We've been look forward to that. Okay, you're you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today with Win Biff Sherman. He's the author of Miles of Heart, telling us uh, about just beginning, taking us on the journey, a beginning of the journey um, about childhood friends, and that's what we're talking about: childhood friends and the treasures we left behind. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. 
Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about childhood friends and the treasures we left behind. Uh, Going on sort of a nostalgic journey with my guest, um, Win Biff Sherman. He's the author of Miles of Heart, the story of the Dan D'Angelo Invitational Hearts Tournament, which, by the way, you may be seeing on your silver screen in the not-too-distant future as um, he's been having some uh, meetings with people talking about making this into a movie. I think it would be a very... I think it would do really well as a movie, um, telling the story of the group as well as the individuals in it. And and I know I said we would talk about uh, sort of comparing those times to um, a bunch of 14 to 19-year-olds sitting down today to play hearts. Um, but I, I think let's save that uh, till later on because what I'd like you to do first is take us along this journey uh, where you show how the in the background of this annual heart tournament um, where you all kept coming together over the years were uh, events, world events that were also shaping your lives. But in addition to the general milestones, the general phases of life, uh, going away to college, getting married, getting moving up in the career ladder and so on, um, that the group went through in, together. So let's, let's t- take us on this journey first. 
Well, when we uh, started this uh, tournament, as I say, the ages range from 14 to 19. Uh, the late 60s, the first actual tournament was in the spring of 1970. And, of course, the biggest thing going on at that time was the Vietnam War. And uh, just prior to the first tournament, uh, uh, one of our, my former next-door neighbor, the brother of Dan D'Angelo, had gotten a low uh, lottery draft number. There was the, the lottery was held back then and was scheduled to uh, report for induction. And so this uh, was, was disconcerting to him. He was not uh, in support of the war, nor was he uh, ready to uh, report for induction. And uh, there were no longer student deferments. Um, so on the, with the week prior to the, the first tournament, uh, he and his brother devised a plan in order to, uh, in order to delay his, his induction. Uh, it's described in the book, and it involved taking a, uh, a, a tire iron and trying to break his foot. Uh, they were unsuccessful at breaking the foot, but um, they uh, later found another way to at least delay his induction, and uh, he was able to, uh, later on, they had a new draft and picked other people, and that was the way he avoided the war. Uh-huh. It was kind of, so it's, it was quite a story, uh, the way that this uh, unfolded. Uh-huh. What was the second uh, way of his doing? How did he uh, do well, that? Well, he ended up, uh, they went to the emergency room. The doctor said, I've got good, ne- good news for you. The foot was, is not broken, uh, which to them was not good news because he had to report the next day. So they went back home, and, my, and Dan D'Angelo had worked in an emergency hospital. He took a scalpel, and he actually cut the bottom of his foot, went back to a different emergency ah. room. They required eight stitches. The next day he reported. They said, you can't report. They're going to give you a few months, and by that time he was able to somehow, through other means, I guess, uh, more uh, uh, front door means, avoid being inducted into the service. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> but that was, uh, so, uh, so and, and of course in the late 60s and early 70s, uh, uh, the uh, experimentation with, uh, I guess, uh, uh, drugs and, uh, if you will, and kind of the free sex uh, period was uh, we were all single at that time, and that was something that uh, we were all uh, late teens, early 20s, and going off to college, so that played a big part in, in many of the lives of the players. Um, and as the years evolved, as the tournament evolved into our first decade, towards the end of our first decade and the beginning of the second decade, most of the players started getting married, so the lifestyles changed, uh, changed dramatically. And how did, um, well, did, did you each uh, have, did you each get involved in helping the others make decisions about their wives? I mean, commenting on on uh, who you thought would be good for them? Uh, we did, whether it was welcome or not. Uh, we did provide uh, input to, to each other for the most part. As, as the tournament uh, got past its first five to ten years, and guys had been moving away and moving out of state, but we were still committed to, to getting together, in some ways, uh, for many of us, it was the only time each year that we would see each other and uh, get caught up on what had been going on in each other's lives. This was certainly uh, way before cell phones and way before Internet. Uh, there were occasional uh, letters that were written amongst the players. In fact, the chairman started a, a chairman's newsletter that he sent out uh, a couple times a year to just all of the group to let them know what was going on with mm-hmm. everybody, and people would respond to that. Um, but that was more a tongue-in-cheek, more a kind of a, 
uh, a lighthearted way of kind of taking a look at what was going on in his lives and the lives of others. And uh, we all we all did share major moments in terms of uh, weddings and uh, and births of children. And uh, uh, even though, as I say, having moved away and having gone on to our own lives, we um, uh, were committed to meeting annually at the tournament. But for the most part, whenever there was a big event in somebody's life, the others were were there to share in it. And um, what happened when wives got into the picture? Um, was there some were were some of them threatened by the idea that there was this strong bond between uh, amongst all of you? Uh, no question. Some of them uh, were then, and some of them uh, remain <laughs> so now. Uh, as uh, uh, as each of us uh, of the twelve players, uh, eleven uh, only one uh, never never did get married, but uh, uh, has a child. Uh, however, but um, in any event. Uh, the wives in the early years were were told by each of the players, "I got a group of friends, and and that we get together once a year." And I think they were, for the most part, uh, pretty good with it until it became instead of just a one night event, it became a weekend event, and um, they got a sense that uh, even though we were. Uh, uh, they got a sense that there was maybe a little more rowdiness going on. I think they exaggerated in their minds what went on. I mean, it was very safe and harmless, but uh, we did what uh, we did back when we were 14, 15, 16, 17, which, you know, was have a good time, enjoy each other's company, and, yeah, there would be some uh, some alcohol flowing, but uh, it was pretty much uh, safe. But I do think there was some wives that uh, didn't like the idea that uh, every year that we'd go, go off and, and act like a bunch of adolescents. <laughs> But around the third year, the fourth year, the, the chairman had decided that the 20th year we would go to Hawaii, and so the wives were included and participated uh, in the 20th tournament, which was held on uh, uh, on Poipu Beach in Kauai. And how did that go? Well, uh, it became family vacations for most of the players. By that time, most of us had small children, and so most were there for the better part of a week. The tournament itself was its usual two-day event, uh, which included our usual golf and a, and a, a, a chairman's dinner and uh, the tournament itself. Um, the wives uh, seemed to enjoy it, and the tournament uh, players decided that uh, it was such a hit that we would invite them back in another 20 years. <laughs> yes, I can't imagine. I mean, it would be very hard to maintain that same kind of male bonding and and it, it sort of changes the whole uh, atmosphere with with wives and fa- and kids. Changes uh, the dynamics quite a bit. <laughs> Were, did anything? I'm sure there must have been times over the years where um, things happened that threatened to split the group apart. I mean, one thought, for example, was uh, whether either as girlfriends or wives. Um, there was some squabbling or or competing or you know or um, between whether men were fighting for the same woman or people were having affairs or that kind of thing. There, that did uh, certainly happen, and in some cases it resulted in in players uh, at least temporarily dropping out of the tournament. We've had, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are 12 of us, three of the 12 have been to every, every one of the 38 tournaments, uh, several of us have been to only missed one tournament, and for the most part, uh, it's the same exact group. There have been one or two changes, but there were a couple times when there were personal feuds going on that resulted in uh, in a player uh, just skipping the tournament. For the most part, 
we've been able to set aside whatever whatever had been going on between us on a personal level uh, in the interest of, of getting together for, for the reunion. There hasn't been, to my knowledge, any uh, uh, conflicts over, uh, over, over wives. Uh, some of them, not all the wives get along, but then again, they aren't part of the tournament. Uh, and uh, uh, so that, that hasn't become a factor. And to my knowledge, there hasn't been any of the uh, uh, co- competition over anybody, anybody's wife or girlfriend. And no affairs? Uh, none that uh, I can speak of that I'm aware of. That <laughs> you can speak of? <laughs> no, none, none that I am aware of. Okay. <laughs> well, I think you need I'm to... I'm going to plead the fifth on it. No. <laughs> I think you need to find one before this go- <laughs> becomes a movie. <laughs> well, uh, uh, the good thing about a movie is it could be based on the true story, <laughs> and uh, uh, there can be some uh, fictionalization that could go on, certainly. Well, that's true. And then again, you can have it... Um, Build as uh, some fictionalization, but actually be the truth. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I, I, what, what, we, what happens at the tournament stays at the tournament. <laughs> okay, and we need to take a break now. <laughs> What's happening in this segment is, is staying in this segment. <laughs> um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Win Bill Sherman, Biff Sherman, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> and um, he is the author of Miles of Heart. The story of the Dan D'Angelo Invitational Hearts Tournament. We're talking about childhood friends and the treasures we left behind. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today. So contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you about childhood friends and the treasures we left behind. And if you can't tell already, I'm really... um, I much admire what my guest, Wynne Biff Sherman, did. Um, he's the author of Miles of Heart. And um, not just uh, admire that you wrote the book, and we'll talk about why you did that, but um, admire that you are part of this, uh, keeping alive an annual get-together of friends. Now 12 friends um, remain um, since 1970. And... Um, I just think that this is um, this is something that we all should do, and uh, it's although it might be too, <laughs> might be too late to get a history of forty years um, uh, for some of us listening, but um, it's never too late to go back to to find some of the of your childhood friends, especially now with the internet. It's really and with some of the programs, you know, um, on there, the sites on there. Um, and it really is worth it to find uh, people who were friends with you when when it was just because you liked each other, not because you wanted them to introduce you <laughs> to somebody, whether for social gain or business gain or anything else. Um, and, you know, it really is true. As the world becomes a more and more scary place, um, our old friends become greater treasures. And um, and that's certainly what, um, Biff, you've been showing us with your examples. I'd like you to tell us about what the worst um, annual tournament was. I mean, not, not the tournament <laughs> itself, but, you know, the getting together. Why, what was the worst time that you had that, and what was the best? Well, uh, uh, one of the chapters in my book is the worst tournament ever, and one of the ongoing jokes uh we kind of tease uh, the chairman quite a bit and he does a lot of work in putting the tournaments together but we're always giving him a hard time about the location or about the accommodations or about what we do the tournament usually begins on a friday morning and it usually involves a golf or skiing or, or some sort of activity then we all get together for dinner friday night uh saturday is either resting or lounging by a pool or going to a casino or more golf and then we play the tournament saturday night uh-huh. and everybody leaves uh, Sunday morning. Uh, the tournament itself um, has become one of the least important parts of the reunion uh, because the idea behind the reunion is, of course, just to get together and reunite with, with our, old, uh, our old lifelong friends. And the running joke is, let's just not even play the tournament, let's just cut the cards. Um, so each year we kind of say to the chairman, oh, this is a terrible tournament, this is the worst tournament ever. Uh, tongue-in-cheek but we did have a tournament that i think 
was uh, was probably the worst tournament ever, uh, and it was uh, one of those. Uh, it was at a beautiful location, the Ojai uh, Valley Inn and Resort in Ojai, California. Uh, but unfortunately, we had uh, golf scheduled at the beautiful uh, golf course there. But we got the torrential downpours for the better part of two days. The accommodations weren't ready when we checked in. Uh, a couple of the players got fed up and ended up driving home immediately after the tournament instead of staying. And it went down in uh, in history as the worst tournament ever. Mm-hmm. Well, was but it there was still ever... a lot of fun. What? But it was still a lot of fun. <laughs> well, was there ever a worse tournament, not so much because of the accommodations but or the weather, but because of things that were going on in one or more members' lives? Well, uh, that's, that's a, a good point as well, because uh, several of the members... Um, uh, have gone through, uh, unfortunate, you know, divorces and, uh, uh, business, business, uh, uh, setbacks. And, um, in some cases, uh, a tournament member, because of his personal problems, uh, did, uh, uh, did not attend the tournament. And we would all miss him and we would, uh, talk about him, but he, he wouldn't come. In some cases, the tournament members would come, even though they would be in the middle of either a divorce or of a, of a, of a business problem. And it, and to be honest, uh, it wouldn't put that much of a damper on because those are the things that we would kind of set aside in the interest of just getting together and, and kind of, uh, uh, reverting back to, to our childhood. Mm-hmm. So despite the fact that uh, maybe there were lots of things going on in in our lives that uh, weren't that pleasant um when we kind of we we were able to go to the tournament and put them put them in their put them put them away for a weekend. Mhm. And did you all sort of rally around whether the person came or not? Did you try to help as far as uh Oh, you know, calling them up if they didn't come and, and offering some support or, or with business dealings, you know, we, trying we, to... We did, absolutely. One of the, uh, in the early years, one of the players who was starting to have uh, some personal problems, gambling problems, he didn't come to the tournament. We all called him up the night of the tournament and don't know if it made him feel better or worse, but uh, at least to tell him that we missed him and we wish he was there. We sang him a little song. Uh, and then I know there was another guy that was having some personal problems that uh, told us, <laughs> don't bother calling. <laughs> he just wanted to be left alone. Uh-huh. Uh, but, no, we, we, we do. It, it is a, a, a supportive group in our own ways. As much as we, we tease each other and make fun of each other, we're all uh, a very, well, when you've been friends with somebody for 40, 50 years, you, you have a, uh, a special compassion for them. Um, what about 9-11? What impact did that have on the group? Well, uh, from a personal standpoint, at the time, my son was a, uh, a student at uh, uh, Columbia University in New York City. And, uh, of course, when my wife woke me up and it was 6.15 in the morning and seeing these uh, pictures on uh, television, I immediately called my son, fortunately was able to get through to him, and he described the scene, at least where he was, which, which was the Upper West Side of Manhattan, in terms of the sirens and the smoke and people trying to get out of Manhattan. And, I, and uh, I said we would check back in a few hours, and I wasn't able to reach him for three for the next three days. Um, it did start by that time. Uh, the major form of communication among the players had become the internet, and uh, so there's been a lot of conversation that went on among the players. Um, about 9/11, and it turned in actually to a, a little uh, political debate and dispute between 
um, uh, a couple of the members concerning uh, the whole issue of terrorism and and uh, and the effect on the country and what should be done and and uh, how to how to resolve it. It uh, it, it caused it caused a bit of conflict among the players even. Hmm. That um, you were then able to. Um that you were then able to resolve at the next uh, co- competition, or yeah, it just uh, I, I, I know mean, how, that, what uh, impact is, did it? I mean, did the people stay sort of angry at each other, or again, and, and maybe it's maybe I don't know if it's uh, the kind of tr- traditional males that uh, have been able to to let go of of things. Uh, uh, the conflicts uh, may go on for a day or two. Uh, uh, some uh, nasty emails sent back and forth. Uh, but inevitably, once once the tournament rolled around, uh, they seemed to be set aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that's not to say that at the tournament there haven't been conflicts. There have been a, a few what we call bench-clearing brawls, I mean, actual actual physical fights between some of the players when either too much alcohol was involved or whether someone thought someone else was uh, was not playing uh, playing cards right. And, uh, and uh, but... Just like when we were kids, there was maybe a, a few minutes scuffle, and then ten minutes later, we're best friends again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, why did you write this book? I wrote the book because I have always felt that it's just a I, that it's a great story, and it's a true story, and it's an ongoing story. And um, I had talked with uh, the other tournament players, oh, dating back four or five years, about. Uh, guys, we've really got something unique and, and special here. Maybe we should see if we could get somebody interested in doing a, a TV special or a movie. And and uh, I kind of got laughed at, and <laughs> everybody thought it maybe was was kind of a joke. And and I just always, in the back of my mind, thought this is this is a story. Whenever we saw people and told them this is our twentieth year or thirtieth year, they would react and say, "Wow, that's great! I wish I had done that." Maybe I'll call you know my neighborhood friend. So I always felt it was a kind of a universal theme that people could relate to. And so about two years ago, um, I just decided to, uh, um, to, to start writing and see what would happen. The, the chairman, Dan D'Angelo, has kept 40 years, 38 years of scrapbook material, including pictures, including letters, including invitations, emails, uh, back and forth from the players, four boxes full. And I got a hold of that and just went through thoroughly uh, each and every document that, that bless his heart, he, he held on to, and I was able to, to recreate the history of the tournament. Wow, that's amazing. You know, what I see for this is, um, well, I mean, I hope that the book does well, but also I see, especially if it became a movie, but even with the book, um, I could see you sort of going around the country and trying to set up um, miles of heart clubs. You know, I mean, I was making a joke, so, well, it wasn't a joke, but I was kind of, it was sort of picking, pointing out, um, how ridiculous it seems the idea of 14 to 19 year old kids these days sitting down to play a game of hearts and, and staying friends because it seems, you know, people just tend to, um, tend to think of the world as so disposable these days. Everything is disposable from uh, from paper towels to friendships, and, and it's really all the more important that people stay connected like your group did. So I could kind of see um, you going around, and whether it's, 
you know, around a card game or around, I, I don't know, some activity or, or just friendship. Um, I mean, the tournament idea is, is kind of cool, but, but starting these groups, helping people to start groups um, so that they can hopefully last for 40 years and more. And even if it does, we'll be happy that they did. I could guarantee them that. Did you, have you thought of that? Uh, I have, but uh, there's some. Uh, nothing has been done along those lines yet, but maybe sometime. I hope. Uh, okay. Well, we'll come back. We'll come back to my guest, Win Biff Sherman. He's the author of Miles of Heart, um, the story of the Dan D'Angelo Invitational Hearts Tournament. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with Wynn Biff Sherman. He's the author of Miles of Heart. And we're talking about childhood friends and the treasures we left behind, and I hope inspiring you to create your own Miles of Heart tournament. By the way, what do people win? What do, each year, what does the winner get? In the early years, there was uh, actual prize money. Uh, in 1970, there was all of uh, $5. 
the entry fee was $2. And then each year the uh, entry fee would go up and the prize money would go up uh, until um, about 10, 15 years ago, or maybe 20 years ago, we stopped doing the prize money. And what everybody wins now is just the honor of being the champion of the tournament. We do have a perpetual trophy, a Stanley Cup-like trophy, and everybody's name gets engraved on that trophy. And fortunately, all 12 of the members have won the tournament at least once. Huh, now that's so kind of cool. It's, it's just bragging rights. Uh-huh. So, well, does the person get to keep the trophy for that year that they win? Yes, uh-huh. correct. Well, that's, that's very cool. And they have to lug it to and from. It's a nice big trophy. Gets a lot of comments when we're on an airplane or, or uh, in a hotel <laughs> lobby, but uh, it's a good conversation piece. So um, what do you think, what would be your uh, suggestion to how people can set up a Miles of Heart uh, tournament or club of their own? Well, I think it's easier now than ever, uh, certainly because of the Internet and the ease in, in keeping in touch and, and tracking down old friends and remaining in communication with old friends. Uh, the people that I've come across since I've, I've written the book, I've found that some people have groups that they get together with annually to do a fishing trip or, or to, to play music together. So it certainly doesn't have to be hearts or a card game. It could, it could be anything. Uh, and basically what's the primary thing that's required is for the most part is, is probably one person to, to kind of take charge, uh, from the standpoint of, of, uh, contacting the people and making sure that they get a date that works for everybody and, and making the arrangements. I think if it gets too big, it's going to be difficult. And if it's too small, it may not be, uh, so much fun. But if you have a good core of anywhere from four to fifteen, uh, old neighborhood uh, pals, buddies, friends, men, women, whatever. Um, I think it's just a matter of making the commitment on the part of, a, of one person to organize it and a commitment on the part of the others uh, to attend. And I can, uh, can assure them that they will be glad they did. There's nothing like getting together with old friends and, and, uh, and, and enjoying yourselves for a weekend. And could you um, tell us about what, were the, what are the three top benefits that you would say that you got over the years from making this commitment to the group? Well, I would say uh, uh, certainly just uh, the, the, the main benefit is just the warm feeling of knowing that you have lifelong friends that you could be yourself with, that you don't have to put on any airs, that they know you, they know your, your history, they knew you when before you uh, uh, had a family or got into business or they basically you can you could just be your genuine self and i would say that that's uh, certainly the major benefit of just that uh, that feeling um uh everything in a sense is kind of connected to uh, to that, to the camaraderie and just the, the in, uh, enjoyment of, of being together with, uh, with people that you've, that you've known forever, so to speak. Yes, who know your whole history and who still like you and who like you for being you, not because you've attained this kind of social status or this kind of wealth or this kind of position. Um, they were... They were with you when you had nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, and when we get together, uh, after we, we get caught up, usually an hour, a couple hours with what's going on with the, the wives and the families and the businesses, uh, for the better part of the remainder of the weekend, it's in many ways we revert back to when we were 14, 15, 16 years old. Uh, and, uh, and then, of course, after the tournament is over, we go back you know, to the real world. So it's kind of nice 
little escape, uh, yeah. if you will, uh, to um, uh, to do this uh, at least once a year. Yes, absolutely. Well, tell us now, um, where can people get your book? Uh, the book's available through Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. We do have a website, uh, which is www.milesofheart.com, and that has links to both of those sites as well as to uh, the publisher, PublishAmerica.com. Uh, it is in some bookstores, but for the most part is it available uh, through, um, through those various websites. Okay, and again, the uh, website address is miles uh, milesofheart.com. Yes, www.milesofheart.com. And, and yes, uh, there are a lot uh, of great pictures on this site. Uh, the, the, the website's kind of kind of fun. It's uh, uh, a chronology of, uh, of 38 years' history of the of the tournament and what kind of was going on in the in the country and in the world during those years, and a little bit of what went on in our lives, and and kind of baby pictures of us when we were teenagers, and now we're we're middle aged men, kind of moving from uh, Michelob and marijuana to uh, Metamucil and Viagra. <laughs> Good way of putting it. <laughs> yes, these are a lot of fun. These pictures. I would recommend that uh, you all take a a look at this website, and um, it really sort of it's a, a blueprint for how you can do the same thing um, in today's times. And I hope, uh, first of all, thank you very much for joining me on Dr. Carol's Couch, and I hope that. Uh, that this tournament goes on forever. You know, have, has there been any thought or any um, action towards uh, getting your, your I don't know, children, young men, um, I mean, I don't know if you wanted to limit it just to the male offspring of the group, but any way of any thoughts towards making it continue? There was some thought. I remember talking uh, to this about the guys 10 or 15 years ago as our kids were reaching uh, adolescence uh, when we were. It, it's, it's different from the standpoint of we grew up on the same street for the most part. Yeah. And our kids, uh, with the exception of maybe occasionally meeting the other kids, they aren't their lifelong buddies. Uh, they're, their dads yeah. are buddies. Uh, and it just, it, it the, the thought, uh, in, in theory is nice, but in practice, at least with our kids, it, it wouldn't work. Uh, the, the tournament I know is going to go on as long as all of us are healthy. Um, but unfortunately, it, it, it won't, it can't go on forever. Well, of course, that's why this book is even more valuable. Exactly. <laughs> to capture at least the beginning days. So, <laughs> the beginning 40 years. The beginning 40 years, yes. <laughs> well, again, um, thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. And I do, I, I hope, first of all, I hope it does become a movie because I think that would be very cool. And I think it would help to influence even more people to start one of these miles of heart clubs or tournaments of their own. So I do hope, I do hope, um, even just from listening to this show, all of you out there will think about doing this on your own, not wait, uh, for Biff to come to your neighborhood <laughs> and hold your hand to do it, but will be influenced just by, um, just by what you heard, because in fact it would be really, just imagine if you had a place where, um, uh, your 12, old friends of yours would get together every year and um, and share some nostalgia and, and caring about each other. I mean, I know some of you probably do, um, if you haven't moved from your hometown, have something, if not formally established, at least that you see 
see some of these friends around. But with people moving farther and farther away from each other, um, it does seem to take some effort, and this could be the solution. It does. It takes a major commitment, and and any of your readers that have any other questions or comments or interest can uh, certainly uh, send me an email, biff at milesapart.com, and I'd be glad to share anything else with them. Yes, okay, that's great. Biff, B-I-F-F, at milesofheart.com. That's great. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Biff. Again, the book is Miles of Heart. Uh, the story of the Dan D'Angelo Invitational Hearts Tournament, which of course is, <laughs> of course, the irony of that is uh, not to go unmentioned. A hearts tournament, and in fact, that's what you've been doing throughout all these years, keeping your hearts together. Yes. And again, I hope that that's what uh, all of you out there will think about doing, even if you can only find maybe not twelve. But uh, however many people you can find from your past, think about getting together. And from that one get-together, you can sort of plan to do things in the future. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.